Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch if you like to listen live and even participate come on stage comment in our back chat you can do that whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wednesday we have guests take the stage almost like an open mic on thursday we do live book reads and discussions and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. It is 8.02, a.m., Monday, May 22nd. Hope you had an amazing weekend. My weekend was uh, filled with driving. Um, I drove, flew back to St. Louis on Friday and then drove my daughter and her dog uh, back to Connecticut. Well, I mean, we both drove, uh, not the dog, but my, my daughter and myself. Um, so we drove, I don't know, about six hours, six hours and change into Columbus, spent the night in Columbus, and then just under nine hours uh, back to Connecticut. Now, once we got home, the real excitement began. Uh, so good morning, Rini and Tim and Bez, Shadows. Um so she adopted a uh, a little puppy who's not so little, five months young now, um, part Mastiff and part other dogs. Um, and uh, she, I think, did the canine version of 23andMe. Turns out the dog is 32% Ashkenazi Jew. Um, that's just a joke. Um, and um, the dog's going to be rather large. In fact, the dog's paw, I think, is about as big as our actual dog, which is a Morky. Um, now we get home and the Morky, uh, who is, you know, probably a quarter the size, was having 
none of it. Uh, snarled, uh, attempted, bit. Um, I mean, territorial like you couldn't believe. In fact, the, the moment that this dog jumped on me, uh, Sammy, Jonas is the new dog. Sammy is our, our, our six-year-old Morky, uh, almost attacked him. It was actually like scary, <clears throat> funny, uh, a whole bunch of different things. And um, yeah, it was in, a little insane, not going to lie. And um, and then within about 10 minutes, uh, Jonas had jumped in the swimming pool. So five-month-old, completely wet, swimming. Uh, well, not really like swimming laps, but, you know, just got completely wet, figured out how to swim and not sink. That would have been interesting had the dog started to sink. Who would have jumped in into the cold swimming pool? Not me. And um, anyway, so we made it through the first night. Uh, and today we have to continue the um, the familiarization of uh, bringing these two dogs together. Uh, it's it's actually quite humorous. I mean, listen, no one likes change, right? Nobody likes change, and uh, apparently dogs don't either, at least older dogs. Get off my lawn. Uh, actually, I mean, that was quite literally what, what was happening because Jonas was running around on our lawn, and uh, Sammy was not uh, in the mood to share. Um, so today, uh, dog park and uh, continued familiarization. Um, and I've just been, con- con- right now Sammy's at my feet. Um, and I just continue to say to, to Sammy, you're still my number one, my number one. Um, we all need validation in life. We, kn- we all need assurances. We all need to be told that we're doing a good job and that we're valued and that we're loved and and that we mean something. Um, and I guess that's that's what's happening right here. So manifestation, I'm uh, on my side, I'm thrilled about the fact that this looks like a full week looking at my schedule now, and it's uh, looking somewhat uh, clear in terms of travel. Um, I will say, I will say, uh, I may, I think I'll be here on Friday. Uh, but I may not be. Um, so Friday actually is uh, a Jewish holiday, um, and it's uh, it's actually the anniversary of my father's passing. Um, so I'm actually saying the uh, the mourner's prayer for both my dad and my mom at the same time, which is totally bizarre and um, very surreal and very not great. <laughs> Um, so I guess uh, maybe I'll give them each alternative words, alternating words. Um, but but that's uh, Friday. So depending on when, when I go to uh, synagogue, I may have one of you fill in for me if you, are, if you so choose and desire. Uh, but the big day is Wednesday. So um, I'm, I'm doing a recording uh, for the show. Um, and, and then we have our first Alpha Beta talk, which happens to be really um, and so Rini and I are going to be planning uh, her talk, but also talks in general. And uh, it should be interesting. It should be really, really interesting to see how, I mean, there's a lot of planning and a bit of marketing that has to take place um, between now and, uh, and um, you know, and, and Wednesday. Um, on Wednesday, I'm doing a recording. I have uh, Dan Lyons coming in. Um, let me give you his bio. 
Um, <clears throat> his website says, uh, let me just hold on. I'll do this the right way. Uh, don't take this the wrong way, but I want you to shut the f- up, not for your sake, not for my sake, for yours. So Dan just wrote a book, uh, which is basically called The Power of Keeping Your Mouth Shut in a World That Won't Stop Talking. And it actually says, shut the STFU, shut the fuck. Oh, I hit the wrong one. Shut the fuck up. Oops. Um, so uh, he's... Um, he wrote a book called Disrupted, um, My Misadventure in the Startup Bubble. Uh, he wrote a book called Lab Rats, How Silicon Valley Made Work Miserable for the Rest of Us. And he just wrote a book called STFU. The book is actually called STFU, right? STFU, The Power of Keeping Your Mouth Shut in a World That Won't Stop Talking. He's a New York Times bestselling uh, author. Uh, he's uh, written for Silicon Valley. Uh, for HBO Silicon Valley. And so he is um, going to be, um, I'm going to be pre-recording. So if you want to listen in on that, um, I'll give you the YouTube and and also comment on that. Um, you know, one of the things that I've constantly been thinking about is the idea of access. You know, access to me is the key word. The key word is access. That's why I now talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and access. But also, for those of you that have followed me long enough, you know that I talk about the two A's, assets and access, right? Whether you're a personal brand, whether you're, you know, it always struck me, I guess the original inspiration for that was Anheuser-Busch, that they would like sit on millions, not millions, but thousands of tickets to massive games, college, you know, football, basketball, um, Super Bowl, and and those tickets would just go to waste. Um, and, and I just thought, like, you have so many assets, like when you have, like, the Clydesdales, like uh, even, you know, the celebrities that you're paying top dollar to show your products on those Super Bowl spots. Can you imagine how many lives you would change and what a difference you could make if you gave your fans access to those assets? So access is huge. And what I want to continue to do, like going back to Alpha Collective, is, is you know, my, my vision for how to bring the two together, or at least for the show, is that the show would record live to a studio audience, a virtual studio audience, whether that virtual audience is in the metaverse or that virtual audience is, <clears throat> is online or eventually a studio audience may be in person. Um, the question is who gets access to the, you know, the studio? Who is the studio audience? Uh, what I'd like to be able to do is make them members of Alpha Collective, um, another, another value proposition. So if you want to actually attend the live recording and then maybe do a little 20-minute meet and greet afterwards or maybe comment and ask questions, then that would be kind of reserved for certain groups, whether they're regulars, you know, maybe it just changes, which is, um, you know, two, eventually you cut it off at 150, Dunbar's Law. So the audience is 150, um, and maybe members of the public can, can get a ticket, um, but who gets to come on stage? Who gets to meet and greet afterwards? Those are VIPs. Those are people that have a certain number of coin, of Jaffe coin. Those are people that have a certain role, uh, in the Discord server. Um, this, to me, 
is the future of fandom. <clears throat> it's not, it's actually acknowledging that not all people are created equal in this sense, right? Don't treat everyone the same. Treat, ev- treat everyone the same with a, with a minimum bar, right? Decency, respect, kindness, generosity. There are certain principles and practices and beliefs and values that should be present across the board, right? But then as you go up, 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 that's when access and rewards and priceless experiences start to play a significant role. And you've heard me talk about this many times, right? Reward and punishment. Um, it's not about punishing relatively. It's about rewarding relatively. So instead of people at the bottom feeling like they're on the outside looking in and being punished, um, it should be different. It should be that as you move up, you get rewards that don't, that can be aspirational. Hell, like, listen, if if you're serving, you know, I'll make it up. If you're serving, you know, Dom Perignon or, or Moe, you know, in first class, in a first class cabin, you can't be pissed off about that in coach. You can't be pissed that you're not getting the top champagne. You can't. And no one would, you know. Um, and it's not even the, and, and maybe part of the answer is you can buy a glass for $100 or you get it free in first class. That's one level. But the other level is, no, you don't get champagne. You don't get it for free. You don't pay for it. And you certainly don't get the best champagne because you're in coach. Why, to me, that's not a punishment is very simple. When you fly, it is not a core part of the utility or the value proposition. Comfort, maybe. Entertainment, maybe. You know, not starving, sure. You know, But ultimately, the real core deliverable is to get you from A to B safe and on time. That's the goal. Everything else is a bonus. Everything else is a bonus. You shouldn't starve people. You shouldn't bore people. You shouldn't, there are certain like basic Maslowian, uh, you know, um, what I would call price of entry that should never be compromised. That's why I love JetBlue. Uh, I know I've discussed this many times, but it's worthy of always repeating, especially if new people are exposed to it. JetBlue says everybody eats, everybody drinks, everybody gets free Wi-Fi, everybody gets live TV. It's a it's a great proposition. Personally, I'm I know Delta's changing it because I've spoken to some of their people, but it's unbelievable to me how people in business or first class don't get free Wi-Fi. If I had to, I mean, it's not even, it's, you know, I've spoken about it many times, but I would bet you 100% probability that that will be in place sooner rather than later. When you're in business or first, you get free Wi-Fi. When you're in coach, you pay. It's really simple. And then we'll see a different value prop start, which is exactly what we see in some of the hotels. In business and first, you get high speed. In coach, you don't. You get the the package now in coach. But in first class, you can download or stream or do things that you aren't able to do in coach. To me, this is basic. To me, this is absolutely basic. And yet, we just don't see companies 
you know, creating this this um, very just simple kind of segmentation when it comes to utility and and service and experience, etc. So, um, just looking at uh, comments, um, Rini's Alpha Beta talk is going to be at three p.m. I believe on Wednesday. And the format, which I still have to decide, Rini and I will chat about it today, is, I mean, the, the concept of the actual Alpha Talk is 20-minute keynote, 10-minute Q&A with me, and then a 30-minute town hall in uh, town hall period. So where would, this, where would the, the actual Alpha Talk take place? Um, it would take place in... Uh, and on and through StreamYard. So I'm going to use their webinar format. So people will have to register for it, which is great for a number of reasons, whether it's Legion, whether it's, you know, follow-up, follow-through, etc. And then there would be a switch over to Discord. At the moment, where I'm leaning to is that the Alpha Beta Talks will just take place via StreamYard. And what we'll do is potentially do a follow-up in discord maybe on we'll, we'll set a day for it we won't do thursday because that's our live book read so maybe what we might do is decide to you know manifesting monday thought leadership tuesday wellness wednesday live read thursday no agenda friday so um ideally it would take place the next morning but in this particular case maybe what we'll do is we'll have we'll invite the uh, alpha beta talker to come in on the Friday and have them join on no agenda Friday because it's meant to be ANA, AMA, uh, open mic, um, etc. So probably we won't do the town hall component, um, the Q and A, <clears throat> only because it's technically a little bit more. It involves Discord, and um, I don't think the audience is there yet. Um, but I think that's kind of how we're going to play with it. So I'm gonna, you know. Uh, you know, do some testing today and we'll see what happens. All right, so <clears throat> I want to chat about uh, a topic today. Um, I'm just looking and uh, uh, Tim says, isn't the speed tiers a limit to the access you wanted earlier? Um, no, it isn't. It isn't because it's like, it's like, um, it, you know, it's it's like buying food in coach but getting it for free in first. It's like, you know, getting house wine in coach but better wine in, in first. Um, it's uh, so, so you are getting access but there are different levels. There's tiered levels of access. Um, so, no, I, I don't think it is. Uh, I think the idea is, is once you settle on you access to me is is the ante up access is what is considered a minimum acceptable standard for everyone and then you can start to improve on that like free versus fee like quality etc so I, I would say no it isn't um, and it's just it's just one thought. I mean, first of all, if you think about it right now, right now um, you've got basically everyone in the plane getting the same 
crappy uh, Wi-Fi. Um, you don't have high speed versus regular. Um, that is something Delta's also starting to experiment with. And there's no, you know, I've experienced it once, I think on British, I think on I th- not, either British Airways or American on, on one airline where first got um, free Wi-Fi but business didn't. And that actually didn't feel good at all. It felt like really crappy being in business and having to pay for the Wi-Fi um, when it could have been so simple. So um, I like free versus fee. Um, I like that idea um, as one piece of segmentation because you also, you need to, you know, people need to feel special. Uh, people need to uh, people need to feel special for paying more in, in first in business. But you shouldn't be punished. So the point I always make it's like not feeding people in coach. I mean, you 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 must feed them, um, but you can charge them. No one has a problem. No one has a problem paying for it. So that's the difference. So the difference can be the quality of the food, and the difference can be free or fee. Same thing like with Wi-Fi, free versus fee, and the quality of the connection. Now, what you shouldn't do, just to be very very like simple, you know, to be very like um, clear about it is what you shouldn't do is downgrade the existing service for coach because that's a punishment. But what you can do is reward first. So it really comes down to understanding where the bar is, where the the mean is, where the, the norm is, and then figure out how to surprise and delight and over deliver and create tears. So uh, I help I hope that helps. Uh, Shadows Pub says, have you considered a watch party in Discord with a stream shared in a voice channel? That would eliminate friction getting people into Discord. Um, I, I have to think about that. I have to think about how it's going to all play out. Um, one of the first things I've got to do when I have the means to do it is um, is to have a community manager or have a, uh, I need to have uh, someone th- to build and run discord that's kind of like a um a uh, expert so i've got to start looking out for someone uh, like now soon um to take over the discord because i had someone that helped me build it um and they're no no longer working on it so i've got to you know at the moment i'm kind of flying uh, flying in the dock and that's not good um so let's uh segue into the thing that I wanted to chat to you about, uh, which is our friend Elon. Um, there are a bunch of articles out there, um, but he um, basically, I mean, the 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 uh, the headline was that Elon Musk said that working from home is morally wrong. So I'll just read to you like some highlights from this article, and there are many articles, you can just Google it. Uh, Elon Musk, Tesla CEO, considers working from home uh, morally wrong as it sends a negative message to employees who cannot work from home. Um, So this was an interview on CNBC. He argued that the laptop class is living in dreamland, living in la-la land, um, and that people are more productive when working in person. He compared the situation of tech workers choosing remote work with essential service providers have to show up on site. Um, 
So I just see if 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 there's anything. Um, you know, you're talking about people building the cars, servicing the cars, building houses, fixing houses, houses, making the food, making all the things that people consume. It's messed up to assume that yes, they have to go to work, but you don't. Um, and so there, so there are a couple of of like I would say just just level setting statements there. One of them is you have to appreciate the irony that the man who makes cars for a living is telling you that you should commute to work, right? So there's clearly a conflict of interest. I mean, whether whether it's actually there or not, I mean, he may legitimately, I think, I think Apple has the same policy. You know, the... The visionaries out there are are typically are typically um, you know they 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 it's it's very rare to find like someone who's such a visionary advocate for people working at home. So there's definite there's definitely something there. There's definitely something there, right? Which is which is that you're going to find more often than not that. The best and the brightest, the disruptors, the change agents are going to probably advocate being there in person. I think we can also just accept maybe and argue that collaboration, brainstorming, the creative function is always best done in person. I've still yet to, I mean, I could probably argue against that um, because I I think that we've, had amazing sessions in the collective cafe. So I'm not necessarily saying they're brainstorms, but I've learned so much. There's been so many great builds. I think the tools are getting better all the time, um, you know, for people to add, build, uh, refine, um, you know. But but I think when it's like working on a document or um, I still, I, I still, ha- I lean towards being there in person. Um, and I think, kind of most of us do, but never say never. Um, so as I said, you know, like, um, you know, in particular, I feel like, um, uh, like Praxim, who's not here today, but he constantly comes up with a perspective that, that I never would have had, you know, like the, um, uh, like he'll, he'll find these like links that just blow me away. But that can be done virtually and it can be done in per, in person. In fact, you could even argue that it's more efficient virtually because you can just post or paste a link. Whereas if we were all in a conference room right now, we'd, you know, it's, it, it's actually a little clunkier if you think about it. Someone going, wait a second, there's a link somewhere. Let me find the link. Let me send the link. You know, let me upload the link. Let me airdrop the link. Let's go and find that link as opposed to just being able to do that the way we're doing that, you know, with Discord. So there's no question that like Discord and 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 Slack and you know that that we're much better off today than we used to be. But let's just talk about let's put collaboration aside for a second. Let's talk about what the real issue is. What is the real issue um, when it comes to the debate when it comes to um, this tension, um, etc. Um, I I'm looking at, at lots of comments. I appreciate the fact that everyone's writing 
uh, text, but you know, you should. Uh, we should get into. We should get into a, into a, like a new habit here, where someone's able to pop up uh, and and actually talk or ask a question or make a statement um, and take the onus off me to find to have to like look into the chat, and then you can pop back down. Now, I will say that I do understand, of course, that some people aren't able to talk, um, and so that will always be our our standard. If you can't talk, you can't talk. So let me look. Um, Bez says, Elon's statement was so crazy. Isn't comparing apples to apples? Not all jobs are the same. Yes, we'll get there. Um, uh, Tim says, uh, laughs out loud, LOL, as if I look to Elon for morals. Uh, Bez says, did you see Mr. Wonderful's response? I did not, so maybe you can tell us. Uh, Rini says, very similar to Detroit and the fact that the public transport is practically nil. Make the people who are making the cars buy cars to get to work. Uh, Bear says, in an industry tech that has been working from home for decades, he really sounds like he's missed the boat on this one. Tim says, we need to stop falling for the halo effect. Just because someone is an expert in one domain does not mean they have any expertise in others. Uh, oh, that statement is, is an entire collective cafe in of itself. So I'm going to have to up-level that statement and maybe deal with that tomorrow or, or later this week. And then Shadows Pub just says, if Elon says uh, it's wrong, uh, it's right in my book. So, you know, let's, let's, take, uh, let's take Elon, the, the, the abrasiveness, the personality uh, out of it for a second, and let's actually almost assume he's right. Okay, so let's take a, di- a very different position, which is um, that uh, not not the not the the argument about like listen when you go to a restaurant, someone has to make the food and someone has to serve the tables. Totally agree. You can't compare someone working in a restaurant to someone that could be doing their job, you know, remotely or writing code. It's just it's pathetic. It's stupid, and I think he knows that. And I think that's just he's just you know. Elon being Elon. And I made the point about the the conflict of interest as well. Um, but let's assume that actually in-person is better. Um, but what's the problem? Well, the problem, like I said with life after the 30-second spot, is the question isn't does it work or doesn't it work. The question is how well does it work, right? And, 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 how has that changed over time? And what about the stuff that doesn't... Like, it's much more complex than that. It's not complicated. It just has a few extra levels or layers or, you know, to peel away or to get to the really root cause. And and let's assume that, that he, again, he's right, but, you know, he's taken out of context or, you know, didn't get to get it... Like, we're just looking at... We haven't, I mean, has anyone actually seen the full interview? Is it, is it video? Is it audio? Is it, you know, like, have we spoken to the reporter? You know, are we now just basically jumping to conclusions by saying you are morally wrong by working from home, which of course is the headline. And why wouldn't it be the headline? Because that's going to get a lot more uh, bites and clicks and links, etc. What I'm basically just arguing, devil's advocate to a degree, um, is if it is true that in-person is better than virtual. Listen, 
Would you rather go on an in-person date or a virtual date? Would you rather have an in-person spouse or a virtual spouse? Would you rather play, you know, go for a walk virtually or do it in person? I mean, like, would you rather visit a place virtually or visit it in person? Um, Would you rather go to a virtual conference or an in-person conference? Like, all things being equal, I'm making an assumption here. I'm going with a working assumption that in-person is better than virtual. Personally, I do not believe that across the board. I think there are times when IRL are better, is better, and I think there are times that virtual is better, and I think there's times that hybrid is better. I'd rather not speak in terms of extremes. So what's eating Gilbert Grape? What's the real issue? For me, I'm going to pinpoint two. Number one is the commute, and number two meetings. So I'm going to start off with the commute. The commute sucks. The commute is terrible. Any commute that is over 30 minutes long, 23 minutes I think is the average commute I once heard. Let's go 23. Anything that is over 23 minutes one way, 23 minutes the other way, that's 46 minutes. I'll even round up to one hour. If you spend more than one hour commuting every day, you should not. It is a waste of your life. It is a waste of time. It is inefficient. Uh, it is unnecessary. We need better solutions. We can figure out those better solutions easily if we just tried harder or if we wanted it badly enough or if we didn't have a conflict <laughs> conflict of, of interest. So, for example, when I get on the Metro North in the morning, why do I not have free Wi-Fi, high-speed Wi-Fi? Why don't I have that? I should have that. That will allow me to work better. No? Yes. Why is there no bar car? Why are we not creating an experience for people? Work hard going into the, into the office, come home and chill out, socialize. There used to be bar cars in the Metro North, by the way. We could actually have a beer and socialize uh, you know, maybe, you know, especially if you're traveling with someone, etc. So it doesn't seem hard to fix some of the elements of the commute. You know, I hate traffic. I cannot stand traffic. I do not understand traffic. I do not understand why the I-95, you know, the busiest corridor in the Northeast, why there are not HOV lanes and why there aren't more efficient solutions, carpool solutions, you know, there, there, there are apps, there is, you know, even Waze had at one point a carpool um, option that it could like basically put you in contact with people that shared the same drive that you shared. Um, that was interesting to me. That seems to be like a really interesting role for AI now, right? Which is kind of like, you know, Tinder for carpools. That's a business opportunity, no? Um, especially if you can help them get to work um easier but wasting more than one hour a day commuting is the reason why i would say it's actually morally wrong to to force or expect your employees to commute more than one hour a day in total so there's my response it is morally wrong to force or expect your employees to commute round trip more than one hour every day Morally wrong. So how do we fix that? Well, honestly, 
self-driving cars, autonomous vehicles, sounds like a great place to start. Surprise, surprise. That's what Elon does for a living. I don't even have a problem with it. In fact, I think that'd be awesome. I, I would gladly be in my car, whichever make, model, brand, if I didn't actually have to drive. If I could just sit back and work, quite frankly, or watch some TV or watch a show, um, hell, you know, even be able to have a beer in my car because I'm actually not driving. We're still far away from that, but we're not that far away from it, actually. So if we could make my soul for the commute part is if we could actually make the commute a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more tolerable, a little bit more experiential, maybe we could negotiate on that hour. Maybe one hour could become one and a half hours or two hours. We can't teleport, so in some cases, you know, listen, I have no, I, 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 part of me would love to commute for 23 minutes twice a day in my own car. Actually get a chance to listen to more podcasts or, you know, or Howard Stern. I haven't listened to Howard Stern in ages because I'm not running. Um, I, I wouldn't mind getting out the house. I wouldn't mind, you know, being in the car and quite frankly, uh, an opportunity to do a few errands, pop in, you know, pick up my meds, do whatever, you know. I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. So here's my second problem. My second problem is work itself is inefficient. You see, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm coming to you from the perspective of like, like a founder, a startup founder. The commute is inefficient and filled with friction and work itself is inefficient and filled with friction. You know, who's ever, I'd like to know, whose ever bright idea it was to create cubicle forms. I, I, if anyone knows the answer, please research that or, or, or post that in, in, um, you know, in, in the back chat. Um, who, who, like, I mean, at least having an office, the big thing was, you know, the corner office or not the corner office or an office with windows or whatever. Like, I mean, that was still a thing of status. But when everyone just suddenly, like, open plan and cubicles, no privacy, um, it, it didn't become so enjoyable. Like, there's something kind of cool about a workspace, decorating your office as opposed to decorating your cube. I suppose you can decorate your cube. But the idea of an office, like, I mean, you know, your little fridge and 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 your drinks and a couch and you know photos of your family like there was it's kind of nice to have a nice work environment is what i'm saying so the commute sucks but also our actual place of work sucks it's great if you're elon it's not so great if you're like in a cube form or in a a a windowless office but i want to just take that one step further and I want to talk about maybe one of the most inefficient parts of business, which is meetings. Mindless meetings. Meetings that have no structure. 
no identity, no uh, formalized agenda, no consistency, no rules of engagement, no cultural, um, I would say, foundational principles in terms of how are they conducted, no software that governs and makes meetings more efficient. When I was running my previous company, Evolution, we, uh, we worked with Steelcase, they were one of our clients, and uh, I just, I remember, because we worked on their business, that there were some very, very interesting companies at the time that were doing some very innovative things in terms of um, meeting innovation. How meetings were conducted, how they were booked. Um, there was even a company at one point, I remember, um, that probably was using AI at the time to actually schedule meetings. These are in large offices, multinational corporations, massive campuses that would book the conference room that had the smallest on average uh, commute for all the attendees. So based on where they were coming from, whether it was a different floor or a different wing or different building, would, would actually create the conference room uh, location that would save them the most time. So commute within a commute. You know, and smart boards. And now we're starting to see some really cool stuff in terms of meeting notes, um, you know, everything from um, otter.ai. And there are a few companies now that are doing some very cool stuff. I think even, I think maybe even ChatGPT is doing it um, or another company is doing it where your meetings are, are smartly summarized now. Um, in terms of key findings, conclusions, whatever, recommendations, next steps, delegation, elevation, roles and responsibility, etc., etc. But meetings that have a sole purpose of scheduling another meeting, that's the time suck. It's the time suck that sucks. And, and that's the problem. The time suck sucks that's what we have to fix let me look at uh, some of the comments and then we'll go back to it um uh, bez says even the federal government believes working from home is a good idea they have data to show you over the last 13 years that that they have to report to congress yearly in 2010 obama signed the telework enhancement act and encouraged federal agencies to allow certain jobs remote and provide some links. Uh, Shadows Pub says, um, talk about Mr. Wonderful. I still don't know what the point is, so you still have to tell me what he said. Um, said, I haven't seen him around since he had a failed attempt running for leader of one of our political parties at the federal level. Um, so I need to, uh, uh, Bear says, Elon flies, not drives. Um, Tim says, didn't Steelcase profit from the failed cube form concept? Absolutely. I mean, they made all the uh, dividers and, and desks, um, etc. Um, Bez says, I don't believe that working from home is a moral issue. 
We are misplacing our passion on the issue as a moral dilemma. I still want to know what uh, Mr. Wonderful said in, was he uh, rebutting, etc. Also, hello to uh, Jensa and Peggy, Christopher, if I haven't said hello to you, uh, Product Avenger um, as well. No, I mean, my point that I'm making today is if we could make work more bearable and tolerable and efficient, then we wouldn't be discussing to commute or not to commute. We'd actually, I mean, the the best that we've done, you know, as an as an entire work industry, uh, is casual Fridays, and uh, you know, in the startup world, the the bean bags and the ping pong tables and and free food in the cafeteria, um, and it's like don't knock it, but like I'm not. In fact, I was going to, but I'm not. Um, anything that makes work more bearable and tolerable, uh, on one hand, that's the lowest level, but eventually enjoyable and, you know, aspirationally, we, we should want to spend time in the office. We should enjoy it. It should be, you know, sometimes just getting out the house is a good idea. A little bit of work-life separation, not, you know, annoying uh, I mean, at the moment, the dog's barking. Now we have two, you know, and and a little bit of separation. Um, it, it can be healthy for a marriage or whatever the case may be. So getting up the house is not the problem, right? It's the wasted time. It's the inefficient time. Now, what is happening with many companies is I think they've erred maybe even a little bit too far. Um, in terms of people that are going in once a month or twice a month. I don't think it's unreasonable to go in once a week or even twice a week or even three times a week. But I would want to be able to, A, make sure that I could spend time at home like I get Mondays. Like I'd like to be able to tell you that Monday and Friday should be spent at home. Friday definitely should be spent at home. It should really be casual Fridays. There's no question that Fridays, it should be a four-day work week in terms of being in the office. That to me is at a minimum. I kind of like Monday to be at home because then you have like a longer weekend, um, et cetera. Um, But Monday is a day to like get back to work and, you know, and status and and all that sort of stuff. Of course, status could be done virtually too. Um, But look, the ship has sailed in terms of the fact that I don't think we're ever going back to five days a week. I, I think that's I think that's almost a done deal. Can we find a hybrid? Um, sure. Um, but why don't we work at fixing the commute? And why don't we work at fixing the in-work experience? Call it the in-work experience. The in-work experience says something, says two things, Right? Um, what happens at work, and can it be an experience? Can it be memorable? Uh, and to me, as I said, at the heart of it is the meeting. The, the commute and the meeting, those are the two culprits. If you think that there is a, a third uh, culprit, um, yeah, tell me. Um, so Bear says there are other factors that are in play beside the on-site work experience. Well, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking, um, what are the other fa- the other factors? 
instead of the, you know, like what I will say with respect to Elon is I'm glad if he didn't say such a ridiculous statement, which let's all, you know, let's, I mean, I wouldn't mind it if someone here wanted to argue that it is morally wrong. I want, like, that's what we're doing with the Alpha Talks. I want people to come in and be skeptical. You know, I want to encourage debate, healthy, respectful debate. I don't want people just saying, oh, Elon is, you know, is a, is a, um, or, you know, Elon is this or Elon's that, or, you know, like, I don't disagree with the statement that I don't look to him as my moral compass. I agree with that statement. Um, I absolutely agree with it. Um, but I also like the fact that we're discussing it now. He should be here. I mean, he should be, you know, instead of CNBC interviewing Elon, I should be interviewing Elon. I'll try. I'll keep trying. But let's have an intelligent conversation. I'll bet you he could fix the commute. In fact, I would put my money on him. I don't know that I'd put my money on him to fix the cubicle or fix the meeting. Uh, That goes back to Tim's brilliant statement at the start. I think it was Tim. I'm just going to give you credit for it, Tim, if I may. Um, The Halo Effect. You should write that book, my friend, The Halo Effect. Just because someone is an expert in one domain does not mean they have an expertise in others. I think Elon's an expert in commuting, in transport. I mean, that's that's his red thread. Transport to Mars... Transport, transport to space, transport to your job, transport in tunnels. That's what he does best. Twitter, not so much. Not, not so much transportation going on, except for the transportation of hate speech. And he's not doing too well in that department. But in terms of fixing the commute, yeah, I'd, I, I'd put my money on him. Sure. And there could be other options. There's there's also a third connected issue, <clears throat> which I'll kind of wrap up with this. And of course, it's eight fifty. So if anyone wants to come up and and uh, comment, rebut, rebuff. But to me, there's a there's an acute real estate issue at the moment. So if you've got these flaws and flaws and flaws and flaws of real estate, but now people are only coming in 50% of the time, something's got to give. So, ironically, the answer is, the answer isn't cubicles versus offices. The answer is that no one actually has a fixed cubicle or a fixed office. So it's like first come, first served, or you book the corner office, or you democratize that kind of access. You rotate, you move around. And and yes, I'm mindful of the fact that if that does happen, and I'll go back to it in a second, you're not going to see people with their, you know, their family photos and 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 accessorizing and, you know, blinging out their space. But the fact is we're going to need smaller work environments, smaller campuses, because on average we're going to recognize that only 50%, let's say, of the workforce is coming in on any given day. So we have to accept that. 
So that to me is the the Venn diagram, right? You've got the commute, you've got the actual, um, <clears throat> you've actually got your place of work where you actually sit down your workspace. How do you solve for the fact that if it is true that people are only coming in 50% of the time, uh, you can't really support 2x or 100% of what you had in terms of your actual physical space. And then, of course, there's the whole meeting culture and the politics and yada, yada. But I'm going to pause there for a second because Bez came up. Uh, Bez, thoughts? What say you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, now, I, I'm liking some of the stuff that Tim is uh, uh, posting in the background, some mind maps. and um, But um, one of the things... So I'm just going to tell you a story, you know, early on in the early to mid nineties, I was doing recruitment for telecom companies. And, um, at the time I ran into a, someone I was trying to recruit from a, uh, a director, uh, out of AT&T. And, um, he told me that, uh, he works from home, his whole, the whole, Basically, he said the whole AT&T sales force works from home. And he said this. He said, um, imagine if we had to put all our sales force in an office, how much office real estate we would need to get, how much power we would need to procure, how much all these other costs would be added to our bottom line. And then he sa- he went on to say, you know, the other night I walked by my office at seven o'clock and uh, I said, oh, let me uh, tweak that proposal a bit here. And he said before he knew it, he he lifted up his head and it was 11 o'clock. And then he asked the question, who won? And um, and you can say both parties won. One is, hey, you know, you got more productivity from uh, from an employee. On the other side, uh, the employee had more flexibility and work work life integration was actually happening then, right? And so, um, I think where a lot of the people are saying, "Oh, they hate," you know, that they're trying to pull people back in is because you know they have an asset or an ex- liability that is really just being um, exacerbated because it's not being used or utilized, right? And so now they're trying to puff up their chest and convince, uh, you know, their investors that, you know, um, that was a great investment. I mean, think of Apple, who, has, who, who spent billions of dollars to build this ivory tower. And why do you think Tim Cook is demanding everybody go in there? Right. I mean, any, everybody I know that works at Apple says, like, there's no need for us to go in. But, you know, hey, we got this ivory tower that's just collecting dust and we spent billions of dollars for it. So I think in the future, you're going to see uh, commercial real estate being repurposed. I'd love to see it being repurposed to, um, you know, many people who can't afford housing. Uh, and we're talking, um, you know, that type of the demographic that would love to get into a house, but it, it just can't in today's market. And it's an issue that's not, that is um, not, no solutions in the last several decades. So, and it's getting worse and worse for the, you know, 
lower end of the social uh, demographics. So those are my two cents. I could go on and on on this. I've been, you know, this is something, you know, uh, Joseph, that we've seen happen over the decades we've been in the professional workforce. And um, so, yeah, hey, thanks for the space. Um, I want to just ask you just a quick question. Just uh, give me the elevator pitch. What was the gist of Mr. Wonderful's response? Was he agreeing with Elon oh. or disagreeing? He said he disagreed with Elon. He said, hey, that ship has sailed and gone. He talked about the pandemic, what's happened. He actually spoke about his, the 70 companies he owns and what the data from his his own data said. And he, he said, I can only speak from basically, you know, the 70 plus companies I own and the people aren't coming back. That that ship has come and sailed. And 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 he talked about the benefits of it and you know where employees are in today's um today you know is like they have choices they have uh different ways of designing their life from you know so the possibilities of working from home has opened up the minds from people so yeah he he was a, a proponent of working remotely uh, and also the savings, the cost savings. He really talked about that. I mean, you know, he's a numbers guy, right? He 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 invests and he gives offers based on numbers, and so he, that's what he leaned on. Yeah, and yeah. So, um, you know, the the I had someone on my show um, who actually said, um, I don't know if they have software or if it's just a policy of theirs. Um, but there is a, um, I think it's actually software that they cannot schedule back-to-back meetings. Um, so it's just not possible. It won't allow the schedule to take place. And I think there's like a, um, I think there's like a 15-minute grace period. You can certainly do that with Calendly, um, which is to actually build in buffers, etc. I know that because I've seen it. But I think they were saying it, that his policy was that you can't do back-to-back meetings. So, like, there has to be a certain amount of time between. So there is definitely a scheduling fix for meetings, no question. But imagine if people were just limited to the number of meetings. So you had to prioritize. You had to, like, that's kind of what I was talking about as well, which is, you know, what if your, you know, what if every day was a half day? You know, what if, and these are just, I know it's like nine, but what if your time in the office was less your commute? In other words, a simple calculation. If it takes you four hours to commute, you are only required to be in the office for four hours. If it takes you five minutes to commute, you're required to be in the office for seven hours and 55 minutes. I mean, and I'm like conceptual. This is conceptual. But you should be able to be like, you know what? If I am going to be required to put in that shift, then I am not going to be in the office for more than four hours. So I will, I, I won't have to leave any earlier, and I won't have to get home any later. I'm okay with that. Like I'm the, okay. The only with that. Pro- the the only problem with that is, you know, and I've sat on policies and procedures committees, and one of the things we think about when we are considering a policy is, you know, what, uh, who's going to manage that policy, right? Because the, the worst thing you could ever do is, is uh, roll out a policy 
that uh, has no bite, right? It's like nobody, because there's nobody managing it or, um, and you hate to use this word, enforcing it, right? Technology. Um, and, no, technolo- hmm? technology ultimately manages it because, because it, at least it would make us more mindful uh, in terms of who we require to be at our meetings or when we're being asked to be at a meeting and you would have to make some trade-offs. So I'm just saying that, that you know, to summarize, because it's nine, is just to say that, that ultimately I think we all agree that it is not morally wrong to work from home. However, we've had a good debate about it and hopefully other companies are having good debates about it. And we can look beyond the insanity that is Elon Musk and almost not giving him a free pass, but almost accept that, that the fact he is not human, he's not normal, he's not one of us. Um, and so, you know, we got to like accept the eccentricities and the wild swings and the, you know, and be able to kind of, say, look, this is the package. This is the visionary package that comes with, you know, these outliers and outlandish outliers and eccentricities, etc. Um, but I appreciate the dialogue um, and it's made me think, and as I said, to me, you know, I think we, I spoke about the commute and meetings, but really there is a, you know, the, this in-work culture that I spoke about, the fact that if we just looked at this like a founder, startup founder would look at it, they would just look at inefficiencies and friction and they would try and fix it. So can we fix it? Sure. Should we throw out the baby with the bathwater? No, not necessarily. Is there a middle ground? There always is. So that's what I want to leave you with. The uh, code for the POAP is Apple a day. An Apple a day keeps Elon away. Um, Apple a day, three words, all lowercase. Uh, go collect your POAP. Um, one thing, I don't know if anyone has noticed, but I'm trying to be ca- kind of colorful with my POAPs at the moment. So looking for like extreme colors, um, blues and greens and reds. and Because I actually think when you look at your POAPs on the wall, um, they, um, it's so beautiful. It's so, you know, like, uh, where, where the heart, the green grassy heart on Friday, uh, today we've got red apples. Um, so I'll try and find something maybe yellow or blue. Uh, we've had a lot of blue with groundswell. Um, so keep playing around with that stuff. Uh, as always, I uh, will stop the recording now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.